0: Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. First of all, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has contributed to our Gaza fundraiser. It's been really uplifting and heartwarming to see so many people chipping in and to get to see the impact it's had on the people in tents in Rafa who are struggling under the most horrendous of situations. And just to see the the little handwritten notes, thanking our listeners for the support and what it means to people in Gaza. I, I can't thank you all enough. But as awkward as that is, I do need to ask you to help keep this show on the road. The only way we keep going is if you click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. It is at the top of the podcast you're listening to right now. With no ads, with no sponsors, we need you to chip in, pay it forward, and keep the show on the road. The five quid you're giving us helps us carve out the space we need to continue to have conversations that you don't hear enough of in much of the mainstream and to do the activism that really matters. So come on board, join our little community and help keep the show on the road. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn, I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by a panel of um, campaigners and activists and experts talking about the upcoming referendums um, and really setting out the case why we do need to get out and vote, why it's very important um, and why we should vote yes. And I'm joined by Orlo Connor, Director of the National Women's Council of Ireland, by Alva Smith, who is a long, long-time activist, campaigner, uh, fellow um, journeyer on that road as well, and Damien Pilo, who's the CEO of TROR. Um, I'm not pronouncing that right, am I, Damien? It's not bad, it's TROR, but <laughs> TROR, what well, there's that's a cork. Does it have to be specifically said with a cork accent? Is it <laughs>
2: <laughs> better if you can?
1: TROR, all right, TROR, boy, great. Uh, okay, Orla, listen, in terms of this referendum, um, we've seen the opinion polls on the weekend showing majority in favour of both referendums, um, but a significant amount of don't knows as well. Um, In terms of the referendum itself, what's, I suppose, just making the case for people, I, I think most of our listeners would be very much clear in terms of um the need to vote yes in both, but maybe for those who aren't, or maybe just not feeling like, why would I go out and uh, vote when, you know, there is the big question of what difference is it going to make? So what difference, maybe start with that, what difference will it make if we get yes to both these referendums and why people should make that effort to get out and vote?
3: Yeah, well, I think, you know, these, both of the referendums, they're really important for women, for families and for equality. Um, and in the case, you know, particularly in relation to women. So we have this piece in the Constitution, which is called Article 41.2. And it talks about a woman's life in the home and um, her duties and neglect of those duties. So this has been uh, when this was put into the Constitution, uh, campaigners, feminists really opposed it at the time in 1937. And, and ever since people have seen it as a very limiting sexist, uh, piece of text that's in the constitution and underpinned much, um, social policy, economic policy that didn't support women when they then wanted, uh, to go into paid work. But it also never supported any care work in the home either. So it was a way of the state leaving care work up to women, making it invisible, um, and that's why it's it's important to get this out of our constitution. And yes, you know, in in some ways, you know, when people wake up on the tenth, they won't see a difference necessarily in their lives. But symbols are important, and they matter. And it is not okay for young girls to be learning about the constitution in school and seeing that this is their role in the home. So that's why it does matter, and it's important. But so also is the language that's going to be put into the constitution and the text, because it will be for the first time a recognition of care and it will talk about care in terms of families but for us in the women's council that's really it's really important to have a value of care and it speaks to our values and we'd like to see our constitution talk much more about values because we see that as an opportunity really to have a strong public mandate for support for care and supports for disabled people and so we're going to use that as a strong platform for then trying to drive policy on on care and and support.
1: So that's clear, and and what about uh, you know again I suppose to push you a bit in terms of the, the cynical attitude that really it's not going to make a difference in terms of care and that you know it's not exactly the wording that yourself and you know myself and others would have wanted, but you know maybe how would you respond to that? What I'd
3: say is it's a step in the right direction. And if there is, you know, we hope there is, if there is a strong yes vote, it absolutely creates that mandate and gives a much stronger platform for then arguing for those things in terms of what needs to happen in terms of care. But... But the And the alternative right now is that you, that you just keep the status quo so that we keep this sexist piece in and we don't do anything in relation to care. And I, you know, certainly even from being on the doors at, at the moment, people want to see much greater support in terms of care. And I, you know, I haven't mentioned the family one yet. They absolutely want to see the diversity of family recognised. And that's our opportunity to do it. And yeah, I mean, it's absolutely the case. We would want to see stronger language. But but this is where it's at, and it is a step in the right direction.
1: And I suppose just to bring in uh, Alva Smith, there the question then, Alva, becomes: What is almost the, I suppose, the counterpoint that if there is a no vote, what would be the impact?
4: Well, first of all, you know, I very sincerely hope there won't be. I actually think that there won't be. I, I'm very, very hopeful. Um, I, I think it would be very unfortunate because what that would I think that will be saying something that really isn't true of the Ireland that we know we live in and that we all live in, in different kinds of ways, different sorts of situations and circumstances. But you know, the, the kind of changes that I've seen over my lifetime, and you know, I, I I don't like to say this too often, but I am in my late seventies, so it is a great span of time, and it's a great span of Irish life, and I think that you know. I have seen enormous changes. I've seen tremendous changes brought about by women, for women, about women. I've seen tremendous, you know, the electorate, the, the voters, people coming in behind those changes. We've made really massive strides. I've seen them for LGBTIQ people. You know, I've seen us become much more open, much more aware of how we, how we live our lives, how, how 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 we live today, and I've seen people saying, "Look, the the point about a constitution is that it should really be, in a very important sense, it should not, it should reflect who and what we are, and who and what we think we are, and it also should contain a kind of a hope, an aspiration of what we, almost an ambition of who and what we want to become." So. I think that if we were to say no now, it would be a little bit as if Ireland had suddenly lost its nerve. Because think about, you know, marriage equality, think about uh, repeal the eighth, think about the trans legislation, think about all of those major steps forward that we leaps huge strides forward that we've taken just over the past couple of decades, all the changes brought about by women and the women's movement since the 1970s. And there are many other things I could talk about, but if we were to say no to this, which is so straightforward, so, you know, so kind of obvious once you know what it's about and what it's going to do, um, I, I, I would be I would be astounded and I would be very deeply disappointed. I really would. You know, I'm thinking back, Rory, to having to do two, um, having to do two referendums on divorce. And I will never forget in the middle nine, in the middle eighties, in 1986, when we said no to divorce. And there I was and half of my family, actually, my, my siblings, half of us needed divorce. And we didn't get it then and we to go and fight for it again. And that was the only time in my entire life that I thought to myself, I have to leave here. This is stifling. This is a very simple little change, ultimately, because it would be reflecting the way people really live their lives. So I think that the changes that are being uh, proposed now about widening what we understand a family to be about removing an incredibly dinosauric, very, very sexist clause from the constitution and putting in something about care. I mean, it seems to me that that is about saying, look, we need a constitution. That tells the truth about who we are and tells the truth about the values that we hold and what we want to become. So, I mean, I think I get a bit overexcited about this because I think it is actually really important that we understand that this is about us as voters saying our constitution matters and we need our constitution to be real. We need it to be truthful. We need it to be about who we are now, because a constitution is not actually written in stone and certainly shouldn't be stuck back in the Ireland of 1937, which no, not one of us would actually want to live in.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when, when we think about, you know, the processes of change, you know, as you've set out there and... Changing, you know, the, you know, we think about the various abortion referendums as well, um, and the change, you know, took time and all that work, and that if there wasn't a clear yes and a very strong one, that it is a, in a way, going backwards, and there, I think, from you know, my sense of looking at the clearly, the polls are in favour, and you know, we, there is so many people who absolutely you know, would support this. But I think there is a danger that if there's a low yes vote, that it does somehow negatively impact um, just this progressive shift in Ireland. And of course, we're seeing the rise of the far right as well. And, you know, not just in Ireland, but, you know, this internationally from the States to different countries in Europe, this backlash against, mm-hmm. you know, progressivity and change Um, And I would be concerned that that is growing in Ireland. And so I think there is a real need for people who believe in this to really kind of get out and vote and express that. I suppose the importance of people just, you know, this is a very important moment of expression of our values, as you say.
4: Yes, I mean, completely. I absolutely uh, agree with you. I mean, I I do, because I suppose... You know, notwithstanding the threat that we have and that we're facing and experiencing indeed from the far right in this country at the moment, I still do have great faith in, in Irish voters and particularly over the past decade or so who, you know, they, they've come forward with, with great generosity and a great sense of, of kind of reality and to effectively said we don't want any more covering up of things we don't want any more hypocrisy we don't we want we want to spell things out and we want to make sure that people can live that everybody can live a decent life so i mean if you just take that article um the change on the family that seems to me to be very, very, very long overdue. I mean, that was something that yeah. affected me when my daughter was born, and she was called illegitimate, and we weren't a family, and all of that kind of awful, terrible, hateful uh, nonsense that that really ruined people's lives. So, I, I, I think that that widening what we understand, that you can be a family whether you're married or not, whether it's a married family or not a married family. And in fact, we actually behave like that in our everyday lives. We don't go around saying to to, to various people that we know, oh, well, of course, yours isn't a real family. Because you two aren't married or because you're a single parent or because it's your grand, grandparents are raising you. We don't do that to people. We wouldn't dream of it. We would think that was the height of cruelty and, um, you know, just, just horrible behavior. So we don't do that. So we're actually, we are fundamentally, totally in favor of that because that is the way we live our lives. The clause on, on women is, is quite obviously Women women certainly we don't indeed neglect our duties in the home, as that article said, because we know that something like eighty percent of care in this country, including uh home care, is actually conducted by women. But we know over over my lifetime, women we have been entering public life. We are not any longer kept inside the domestic sphere and told, oh, sit there and and be quiet and wash the dishes and that sort of thing. That is not what our whole education system is about. That's not what our values. That's not what our legislation is about. That's not what we fight for when we want to see more women in local councils and let's have more women in local councils in the coming elections. That's not what we want in Doyle Aaron. Women and men we actually believe have an equal right to be in both you know to be both caring and also to be active and engaged in public life of whatever kind it has to be working life, representative political life, a cultural life, whatever. And finally, I think, you know, that's the 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 change about um putting care into our constitution. Of course, I would love to see a government committing itself to properly pay people who do caring work um, and, and you know, to pay people who do unpaid caring work. But this is really important that we will, if we vote yes, as I hope we will, have a constitution which actually says care matters. Care yeah. is important. And I know that it says the government must strive to do something. I actually think that when you tell a government in your constitution that the government, whoever they are, have to strive to do something, we, the people, can hold them to account and say, OK, government, what have you striven to do or strived to do about Recognizing the importance of care. We can, we can actually put it up to them. We can say to our local TDs when they come round at the door and going up for re-election, and what have you done about recognizing the extraordinary amount of care which is done? What have you done to make sure that men and women are equally involved in caring work? I, you know, I actually think that this could be a real opener up for opener-upper, as it were, for us, uh, with regard to looking at proper, a proper recognition and valuing and paying for the tremendous amount of care work which is done. Because we'd all be goners without the care. None of us as human beings can survive without it.
1: Absolutely. And I think there is something you know, very, very significant um, and potentially, as you outlined there, profound in that insertion of the concept of care and valuing it, um, because across society we see, you know, it's not valued from you know the care for disabled people to the care for children, um, elderly that you know care is you know some of the most exploited workers in in the country, and um, you know, the lack of valuing of that both as workers and and in the home as well. Um, thanks a million for that, Alva. You know, you've set it out really, really well, and um, importantly, and I think in a, in a very inspiring way as well that idea of. In a way, it is bringing the constitution alive and keeping it alive. Um, and as you say, as a way of holding governments to account. And um, I, I'm stick to this referendum. I'm trying to stop myself from going on to housing and and being frustrated. But that we don't have a housing. I understand. Referendum. I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but it is very interesting to hear these arguments because I think they back that further as well. But Damien, listen, uh, Damien um, from Tror, which is the National Federation of Services for Unmarried Parents and Their Children. From your perspective, then, what, what is the importance of these referendums of voting yes in them?
2: Well, you've heard that already, Rory, that it, this is really about bringing the protection of our constitution to so many people living in Ireland today that are outside of the, the current constitution that, that the modern Ireland does not is not reflected in in our constitution and so we you know it's easy to start throwing statistics at you but but really this constitu- this referendum will be one on the stories of people that are impacted by what it's mm. like to live in Ireland when you're not protected by the Constitution and over the course of the last two weeks when each of the organizations have been launching their campaigns we've heard directly directly from men and women, who have, and their children, who have been impacted by the lack of recognition in our constitution. That our constitution protects the family based on marriage. And as you know, there are so many families that are currently um, formed outside of marriage. There are the, the families who have been together and separated and divorced to new families, blended families. Mm. There are cohabiting couples who are in long, stable, durable relationships. You have kinship carers who are people who step up and step in when parents, for whatever reason, can't take care of their children and end up maybe rearing uh, grandkids or nieces and nephews for till their adulthood. Um, And all of these people are not protected in our Constitution. And it impacts them in real ways. And we've heard those stories. And I think as we tell those stories and as people hear about them, and they look around them, and the wonderful thing in Ireland is it's a small enough country, and when you look at your, your immediate family, your brothers, your sisters, or your aunts or uncles, or your neighbours, you find that you know somebody directly impacted by this, and they relate to you. And so what I know is is that Irish people have shown that huge generosity, that even if it's not impacting on them directly, they do see that if they can lift up and bring people into that protection of the constitution, it, it to me it's a no-brainer, because we're not Losing anything, you're not giving away anything. We're not. You're bringing people into the protection of our constitution. You're saying the family is based on these durable relationships. It's more than the the, the, the traditional um, normative. Uh, what people presume was the normative uh, married family, to mom and dad and, and kids. And we know no longer now that marriage is open to same sex couples. That it can be mom and mom, dad and dad, and um, and now with all the new, you know human assisted reproduction and surrogacy we have families formed in many many ways that 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 we need to show them that they matter and they and they are given the same afford the same protections as any other family in our society and that's why it's really important but uh, but all, all i also say because i think this is a really important referendum for men We okay. not just because of the solidarity with women to get rid of that sexist language but, but as Ava said, to open up the possibility of care to men and, and, re- and those who do care and are in primary caring roles to recognize that they do it. Because currently, the status quo doesn't recognize men who do that role. Uh, and we know that, that it's a very genderized, uh, you know, care is very genderized and, and, and that we really need to start removing the obstacles. And one of those barriers to get, it is that, that it, is, it, it needs to become the role of both. Of, of parents of men to be involved in care men and women to be involved in care and we have to start removing those barriers to that opening up those possibilities that men will get involved in an equal way with care care at home but care in the community so we know that men are in what we traditionally would have thought were female roles in nursing and and in, in, in but we don't see enough men in the home care support in, in the home care we don't see enough men in other roles of care and we need to start opening those possibilities up and looking at what are the barriers to 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 stopping men getting involved in that so i think it's a really important referendum for so many ways for men and for women and i as uh, as a father don't want to see my daughter impacted or or in any way you know um confined to what she her roles can be because you'll have heard this phrase that a woman's a woman's role is wherever she chooses to be um and and that's what I really hope for for my daughter and uh, and that she feels that she could be anything that she wants to be and isn't confined. And our constitution reflects that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's very interesting and, and particularly, you know, from you know a male perspective in terms of, you know, opening up that, as you say. And, and we are increasingly involved in caring roles, but it is still, you know, so much less than what it should be. Um, And I think that is interesting to think about how, you know expanding the you know inclusion of men in care should also put a responsibility on men as well but also on the state then to ensure that's facilitated for example you know extent of paternity leave in particular i think is a major area that needs to be um extended but but wider you know the concepts of you know even people who are at work the you know the ability of flexibility around work and um support for disability services and all these things which do fall generally um on women that men but you know men increasingly want to have a role and should have a role and that should be recognized I think and supported which is, is a, that's a really interesting important angle Damien I agree.
2: Oh no absolutely and I and when, when you think about the reverse and you think about how I mean I, I I was thinking of this the other day. My first role when I left school was was on the buses in Dublin. I was a bus conductor. It's now they're now gone, they're they're reside the history. But I was there when, when women drivers started to come on stream. And mm-hmm. I remember the shock in, 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 when we went down the streets and I was on a bus with a, with a woman driver. And you'd see people getting on. They'd look they'd look at me and they'd look at the woman and they'd get <laughs> off again because they didn't think they could get on a bus <laughs> with a woman driver. Because they hadn't really? seen it before and it took so long. And, and it took... It took a lot. It took a lot of effort for, for it to become a normative. And now you'll see that, that it's, you know, there's ads out now for women drivers and, and and trying to get more women into that. So we've broken down that stereotype that women couldn't drive this huge bus, that they weren't capable of doing it, that they weren't safe. They're Probably statistically shown that they're more safe in, in terms of driving the buses and, and that it. I think that we're going to have to have some kind of effort again to try and really portray that this role for care is open to men and men can get involved in this care. And it's a wonderful, fulfilling, you know, uh, career and opportunity. And, and and whether you stay at home or whether you, you, you take on that role, it's something that is about... You know that that responsibility isn't solely women's, and 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 there's something joyous in it, and, and it's and it's not restricting anybody; it's opening it up, and that inclusivity is what we're all about, and trying to say, let's get in there, let's be part of this, let's let's really, uh, you know, not not confine anybody to any certain roles in life, and it's not, you know, something that that only certain types of men can go for. This is something that you re- should be really celebrating and be part of. So. I'm really excited about that possibility. And I and I think men are talking more about that. And any we, we carried out a piece of research last summer called State of the World Fathers that looked at men's role in care. And the vast majority of men wanted to be more involved in the care of their own children and in care in general. And the vast majority of women wanted men to be more involved in yeah. the role of care. Yeah. For care. sure, David. So it's, it's a win-win. This is this is a win-win and yeah. this gets us closer yeah. to that. and, and and, and as somebody who's caring for, my mum is, is has Alzheimer's and we're trying to care for her at home. And and I look at this article and I say, well, the current one, the current constitution article does nothing to protect okay. my mother. I want to stay at home. nothing. This one has at least gives us some hope. And I'm talking about, you know, at the moment, everything is about trying to get my mother into a nursing home because... We can't afford to keep her at home. The, the supports aren't there because the taxation and, and the stuff. Because my mum's a pensioner, she can't afford to get 40% back of her of the money that she spends on care. And it's all sorts of rigmaroles and, and, yeah. and difficulties we have to put in place. So really, this looks at me and saying that the state recognises that the provision of care by members of families to one another is 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 important. Uh, and they will recognize strive to, to to strive to support such provision. Now what I'd be saying to them, well now you've we've passed this referendum. So let's have a look at how do we keep people at home that want to stay at home that, are, that that we're caring for. How does the family do it? That you're not having to wrap yourselves in nuts trying to get around the taxation system and supporting Europe? You know, this is this this isn't a real implications of what we're talking about here. The real yeah benefits of something like this that recognizes that we all can do it and that if if it's my me or my sisters that are staying at home that equally were valued and that that support is there that it, and it isn't my sister's role or duties that it's all of us have that responsibility if we want it and that's the that's what i that's what i'm really th- on board for this that i think it's a it's it's a real big step in the right direction and as alva says it's this it's a sign of the maturity of the country to bring in and uplift everybody into the care of our constitution, which should be reflective of, of what the Irish people in our society today. And in 1937, when people say, Oh, it's not about the women at home, I absolutely am convinced and believe that it is what the people and the architects who wrote that constitution article wanted and believed that the woman's place was in the home. Um, and while you know, and, and it has never done anything to benefit women who are in that home it has never done anything and it never done to support my mother and and now that she needs care in the home it's it's not going to support her either so we do need this change
1: yeah yeah and and that is you know incredible you know you can't put a place of value on the work that you know you're doing you know with your mother and having her at home and you know that has to be extremely difficult for all of you but you know there's so many people who are you know living that daily and that needs to be recognized and of course you know Kathleen Lynch from UCD has written so eloquently and you know incredibly around the whole way you know neoliberalism doesn't value care has individualized it but that's been you know in 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 society there's something oral I just want to take you in on um before we finish is the whole issue of um you know lone one parent families particularly lone parent mothers who you know, historically in Irish society have been, you know, so excluded. And yet, we look today, they're the, you know, they're disproportionately represented within homeless families. You know, you look at the, the deprivation rates. Um, of course, the two, two highest groups, the two groups with the highest rates of deprivation, the national deprivation rate, which basically means you can't afford the basics, is 17%, but um, almost 44% of um, lone parents with children are in deprivation and then the other one is those who can't work due to illness or disability um, are, it's similar, 44%. Do you think that passing these referendums could make a difference to that?
3: Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And I mean, I think, and I know from the work that Damien's doing and Tror and, and the other organizations in the campaign working with one parent families, one family that the, you know, this piece about recognizing, uh, one parent families, unmarried families is really important in terms of, I suppose, acknowledging how badly we've treated one parent families in this country and unmarried families. And we, you know, we absolutely sort of consigned them to, to Magdalene laundries and institutions and this is about writing a wrong but it is yeah. also about saying well now now that we we include this inclusive definition of the family we also have to live up to it and i think it's you know it's very clear for all of us campaigning on this referendum for a yes yes vote we want this to be a call on government to deliver and delivering for lone parents is absolutely key to that and particularly on on the issues that you've mentioned in terms of homelessness and t- and and being at risk of poverty and deprivation because for decades lone parents have been you know always at, at highest risk so it 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 will be that call in my view because that's why people want to see one-parent families recognised because they want to see more things delivered for them and they also know that we have treated one-parent families so badly so yeah I mean at That's what I think is important about this referendum, and we can hear it on the doors. It, it is a, it's a, it's, it's a call for change in the constitution, but wider than that, it is a call on government to say, you've got to deliver now for, for care and also for one parent families. And I think it's been a real, um, I suppose, a a solidarity piece, but a galvanising piece in terms of all of the civil society groups that have come together. Like, we see this as being a platform for a campaign after this referendum in terms of things like care, like supports for disabled people and what needs to change for one-parent families.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a real... Uh, argument there and inspiring as well Um, in terms of the need to get out and do this, why we should. If people want to help out with the campaign what can they do, where can they get involved?
3: Absolutely and we need as much help as possible so you can go to the website Um, so we've set up a yes yes website and it's at nwci.ie um, and you can sign on there to, to help up. We're out canvassing. We're on doors. Uh, we're leafleting. And, and we know from, you know, all those previous referendums on marriage equality and repeal, it's all about the conversations with people and talking with people about it. The government have been very slow on this referendum. So really is about as many conversations th- that you can possibly have. So please sign up sign up to join on the canvases. We've local groups been set up around the country. You can join your local group, get out on the doors and you can also donate to the campaign because we also need money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I really encourage listeners to get out, do whatever you can. And there's lots of ways, you say, whether it's having the conversation, sharing the stuff around on social media is very important as well. Um, Or if possible, get out and and canvas as well. Um, And of course, vote. Vote on March 8th. Um, Come out. And um, encourage other people to do so. Um, and yeah, hopefully we will see another step in the progressive change. And then after this one, the absolutely. right to housing in the, re- in the Constitution. We need. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll be there oh, again.
4: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> we'll be standing shoulder to shoulder with the, again to do that. I mean, I think for me that there's a choice that's going to be made. And Alva has touched on this a lot as well around that caring, you know, kind irish you know people who want to bring everybody in or or and and, I, and i'm i really don't want to get much attention to it but it needs to be said it's either or keeping the status quo and dragging us to a different time in ireland and and only recently in the dull debates around this referendum do we start to hear the word illegitimacy being brought back into the discussion by people who want to start promoting the idea that the family is the true family of the married family with mm. the mum and dad and and that's that's the choice is it that or what uh, that Ireland or the Ireland of what is actually happening when you look around and you, we know that people have moved way beyond that absolutely. And,
4: you know, I I I think that you know these this referendum I I, I think it will make if, if we vote yes yes as i say i believe and i hope that we will it will make a real difference because we we will have a constitution that, if you like, is is more like who we actually are. (laughs) And that is the very least that we should expect from a constitution. And I have a great respect for our constitution. I don't like to see it stuck in a past that bears no relation to the actual society that we live in, and that we have fought tooth and nail to construct, and that we will go on fighting to make better and better and better to, to reach real
1: equality at some point. Absolutely, absolutely. Alva, lovely words to finish on. And thank you to again to Orla, Damien and uh, Alva, and you can check it out, yes, yes, on the National Women's Council, nwc.ie. Please, please help out if you can in the campaign and thank you as always to the wonderful tony groves for production um who is finishing his bowl of coddle and please help us we are an independent media go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack help us keep the lights on keep this show on the road please share the podcast around if you can let us know what you're thinking thank you so much i will talk to you all very soon